This is an AMI podcast. I'm Dave Brown, and this is a podcast version of AMI's Morning Show, now with Dave Brown. Catch the live broadcasts weekdays from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. It's a Friday edition of AMI at the Movies with entertainment critic Michael McNeely. Today, Michael is reviewing the sci-fi romance drama Little Fish that came out in 2021. It's a lot of labels for a film. That's a lot of genre blending sci-fi romance drama. And Michael's here from Kingston, Ontario. Hey, good morning, Michael. Good morning. And you know, Dave, I am a film critic, lawyer, high school teacher, private detective, and so forth. So that's why I have a little sympathy for this uh, sci-fi romance drama, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I think that's such fun, uh, such fun blending. So, Michael, this film takes place during a period of time where a virus is spreading that takes away people's memories. Why was this film of interest to you? Well, we can now say we didn't have enough of the pandemic, so I went and found another pandemic. <laughs> I mean, seriously, no, I, I wanted to see if we could handle movies like this because there used to be a dime a dozen before the pandemic happened. We used to have zombie movies. We used to have vampire movies. We used to have all sorts of things going on, killing people. But I think after COVID happened, we sort of eased off a bit although we didn't really do a good job of easing because we still had COVID thrillers, which I really hope will go away at some point. But um, here is just a apocalyptic story or a pandemic story about something that we don't really have right now, thankfully. Why is memory so important in this film? I think memory is very important to this film because it's it's a way of knowing who you are. It's a way of establishing your identity. Without your memory, you don't really get to exist as a person. Um, it's this is a story about a relationship, a relationship that's impacted by memory loss. So how do you how do you keep the relationship going when you don't even remember the other person that you have a relationship with? I thought that was an interesting uh, aspect for this film. So a couple of the characters here are Emma and Jude. So how did they attempt to preserve their memories? So what's happening is that this disease that's taking people's memory is called NIA. I, I forget, ironically enough, I forget what it stands for. So please don't question me about that. Um... <laughs> And it's essentially uh, a version of early onset Alzheimer's. So it's not explained how you get it. It's not explained how it's transmitted. There's no cure for it. There is an experimental treatment where they presumably drill a hole in your brain or get through it from the mouth. Don't ask me, because I forgot that too. Um... But ultimately, the experimental procedure is not necessarily a success when it starts. So the people are not sure if they want to get it. And even if they want to get it, they can't get it because it's during the experimental trial phase. And there's only a few people that are allowed into the study. 
So the couple, Jude and Emma, attempt to keep their memories by taking photographs, writing information on the back of them, getting memory tattoos on their, on their body, such as the phone number and the names of the partners and that kind of thing. Um, but ultimately, these things don't really have much of an impact. Let's talk about the performances. How were the performances by the main actors? Well, this is a, a romantic drama, so I was expecting a lot of romance, and I did get what I was looking for. I believe that there's great chemistry between the leads, um, especially in the parts where they're dating without this pandemic looming over their heads. Um, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of confusion when the man, Jude, starts to lose his memory and he doesn't know what's going on and is trying to put on a brave face. So I think that was really well done. While we're talking about the stars of the films, what other films would you recommend from Olivia Cook and Jack O'Donnell? So Jack O'Donnell, in my opinion, can do nothing wrong. He started out in the big screens for all of us, mostly in Unbroken, the prison of war drama. Um, and then afterwards, he was in Start Up in 73, which I believe is a story of a, um, a spy infiltrating the Irish resistance for having to survive that um, because of an accident that's happened to him. So I think um, Jack O'Donnell is also well known for the mini series I watched last year called the, the North Water, where he fights Colin Farrell on a ship, which is always fun. Um, on the other side, we have Olivia Cook, who is, um, we may remember her from the Bates Motel, and I didn't really like the Bates Motel because I thought it was just taken away from Psycho. And in all fairness, you know, just leave Psycho alone. But I would recommend her in, I've said this a few times, um, Me and All in the Dying Girl. That's a, a film where she is the dying girl. She's got cancer and two best friends are trying to entertain her by filming homages to classic films. So I've mentioned it a few times and I think it's a great film because it does talk about the meaning of a classic film and why we may want to make homages to them. While we're talking about your recommendations and your deep knowledge of film, what are some other notable films that you recommend about memory? Well, let's see if I remember, Dave. Um, <laughs> there's Relic, which we talked about last year. A story, a haunting story about a grandmother who may or may not have Alzheimer's and who may or may not be haunting her house. Um, there's also, as we have on AMI TV, um, The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind with Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet giving great performances about a relationship they may want to forget or they may want to keep. It's unclear until the end. And I would also recommend um, a French film, if we can all put on a French speaking house, called Emma. And that was out in approximately 2010 um, by Michael Haneke, 
And so it's the story of an older couple who is discovering that the wife has Alzheimer's. So I think it's just really a story about trying to keep love going, trying to keep the relationship strong, trying to fight against adversity and facing some of our deepest and unspeakable fears. So that's what we have for memory. I think I think you find that almost every movie we watch has to do with memory. Especially if there's a flashback, that's a memory. Michael, uh, it's okay if you tell me you don't like this movie, but I'm a little surprised you didn't have Christopher Nolan's Memento on this list as a movie about memory um, in the way in which they told the story was so unique. But it's okay if you tell me from an entertainment critic point of view, you didn't like the movie. No, I, I do like it. I, I like Teddy. And that guy appears. I'm always looking for guy appears. He's, he hasn't done something as great as that one for a long time. Mm. Um, I think, you know, there's just so many movies about memory that some of them have to be forgotten. And I unfortunately <laughs> forgot that one. Um, I, need it, I need it tattooed to my arm. So, yeah. But um, I think one of the things that Memento, Memento has been criticized for is that it just puts the wife in the fridge and it basically kills her. So that's, that's a problem that some feminists have. With the, with the idea that, you know, a woman dying is the man's main reason for assisting. That's fair. See, look, good criticism. I like that. I hadn't heard that one before, so that's that's positive stuff. Okay, Michael, let's uh, talk about the genre here of apocalyptic events. What advice do you have for someone thinking about making a movie about apocalyptic events? Well, I think, first of all, you don't need a big budget. I think you just need something that happens to everybody that you can explain. Well, my all-time favorite movie is probably Night of the Living Dead. If you need to know what happened with a small budget, just watch that movie. It's got political commentary coming out of the whistle. It's got everything you could possibly want with zombies and fixing up a house and... They're coming to get you, Barbara. Um, if you didn't get that reference, I apologize sincerely. But um, if you didn't get the reference, that means you need to watch Night of the Living Dead. Um, I think, I think in this film, one of the things that was missing was the um, was more emphasis on world building. I understand that there's a pandemic happening. I understand there's a, a virus that's causing early onset Alzheimer's. But I'd like to know more about the newspapers. I'd like to know more about the scientists. I'd like to, you know, have some talking heads to really sell this virus to me. It's it's not too hard to do that on a low budget. You can just, um, I can hire Dave, and Dave will come and do the newscast for your show or whatever, and he will say that there is an apocalypse happening. <laughs> you know, I would be happy to take on those gigs. Uh, call my agent, and we'll be happy to make that happen. Michael, you obviously recommend Night of the Living Dead, but do you recommend I take the time to watch Little Fish? Little Fish, I think I do recommend it. Um, I do recommend it if you're in a white headspace. I think if you've, if you've had enough of this pandemic, if you've had enough of viruses and terrible, um, it's okay to give it a pass. But I think it's, a, it's an interesting film. It's got a plot twist coming at the end. I won't wound it for anybody, but it's, you know, it's, 
I think in some ways it's kind of a summary of our lives at this point, trying to live together, trying to make the best of what we're doing, trying to have hope for the future when there doesn't really seem to be much. I think in some ways it speaks to that anxiety that we have, and sometimes we just need to know that other people have the same anxieties that we do. Michael, thank you for this. Have a great weekend. You too, and please don't forget me. If you need to tattoo my picture to your chest, well, I mean, I don't know how much that would help because I can't really see your chest that well. But whatever. I would have to uh, shave my chest before I could uh, put tattoos on it. I was trying to think of whether or not I should sing Don't You Forget About Me on the way out of here or whether I should sing some Sarah McLaughlin, I Will Remember You. But either way, I'll just tell you that that was Michael McNeely with a review of Little Fish, which you can find on Apple TV with audio description and closed captioning. You've been listening to Now with Dave Brown. Hit the subscribe button on any podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.